Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. What's up everyone and welcome to the Best Damn Camp, a Riordanverse read-along and analysis podcast that sits out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your host Fran and welcome back to my show. I don't know why I decided to sing. Uh, t- <laughs> today we are continuing our timeline journey as always with The Lightning Thief. I don't know why I said as always, because it's not all as always, because we've got the other books coming. But, sorry, we are carrying on with the Lightning Thief story. With chapters 17, We Shop for Waterbeds, and chapter 18, Annabeth Does Obedience School. Momentarily, I thought I was reading that wrong, but I realised it's written that way, purposefully, and also, I'm dyslexic, so that's why I thought I was reading it wrong. Uh, <laughs> as a whole, though, of course... I have my points to focus on for this series, and today I'll be focusing on the mythology, character building, writing decisions, and just generally what I thought of these chapters. But to begin, here is the synopsis. We go to Bikini Bottom and find the Mother of Pearls before finding out that yes, Benson's for Beds is a front for Krusties who want you to die. I knew it. Death is sassy and honestly, when you die in a bath and there's three of you, who can blame him? And when there's a best boy who loves to play games, I think I may just have to sign up for death now. Oh god, they found me. Wait, no, 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 no. I, I take it back. It's fine. I'm I'm fine. It's all good. I haven't died in a bath. I don't go anywhere near baths. This isn't part of the synopsis anymore. Um, I kind of went off track near the end there. But yeah. Dying in a bath with three people. That is like my worst nightmare. Baths are just... I don't know what it is. Baths are just kind of a little bit frightening. I think that may just be because though I saw a horror what horror film was it? I don't even want to give the title, mainly because I don't actually remember the title of this horror film. I saw it like briefly, and all I remember from it was a hand coming out. Do I want to say it and scare people? Yes, I do, because I want you all to live with my pain. A hand coming out of the bath water when this young girl woman was in the bath, and then. I don't remember what happened after because I think I started crying and ran away. <laughs> but yeah, hand comes out of the water in a bath. And I was like, yep, no, that's it. That's me. I am good. I am done with baths now. Um, so <laughs> I remember um, reading later on when it happens in chapter 18. I'm talking more about the baths now. And that doesn't even happen in the first chapter that I'll be discussing. But there is a lot of water in these chapters, actually, as a whole. And as someone who is 
pretty afraid of water. This is not fun for me because it just proves that water, unless you're drinking it, is evil. <laughs> um, right, and washing. Washing's good because hygiene. I don't know what... Okay, I shouldn't have said water is evil because I've just kind of shot myself in the foot there a little bit. So what we will do is forget that I have been talking this entire time and move on. <laughs> Chapter 17, we shop for water beds. And as you can tell, I haven't done my normal thing of saying that we start with 17 because I can't say it properly. And I probably should have brought awareness to it again because I'm a mess. <laughs> But yeah, so starting with chapter 17, we shop for beds. And as always, this is the overview for chapter 17. Infinity Cash and Annabeth's a queen. But she also has the ability to save money. And as someone who is stingy, it concerns me. Conspiracy theories are abound. And I'm pretty sure 5G is to blame for the bolt. Was it Hades? Was it not? Mysteries continue. Percy gets revenge by not telling the gang what he's doing. Take that for all of this book's lack of discussion and explanation. No gift comes without a price. You know what? I see you, Rumpelstiltskin. I see you. And for anyone who doesn't get that, that is a once upon a time reference for all my onces out there. What what? Say it with me, folks. Gabe sucks. As someone who has been to California a few times, I feel you, Percy. Fear is pretty real. Uh, oh god damn it, Percy. Stop with the sass and save your friends before they die. Hi-ho, hi-ho. Off to the underworld we go. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. We're all gonna die. Ah, just hands. A little bit of ASMR there. Also, if um, anyone is wondering, I didn't actually do jazz hands because I am literally the coolest person in the world. Um, <laughs> oh, I think it's sadder when you say that you're the coolest person in the world. I do believe it, though. I do believe I'm I'm not in the world, but, I'm you know, I'm pretty cool. I do a lot of stuff because I don't have much of a life in general. So I do lots of different things. I'm very active. Um, I'm... I'm not as cool as a demigod because, well, I mean, I don't think anyone really wants to be a demigod because your life kind of sucks in general, really. Uh, maybe I am a demigod. I'm going to stop with this self-deprecating humour. It's fun on occasion, but sometimes you're kind of like, Fran, why are you doing this to yourself? I feel like it's like that situation of like, you know, when it never happens in real life, as far as I'm aware, Maybe it does, and if it does, tell me. But you know in movies, where you have, like, the stupid bully figure who, like, does the stop hitting yourself, stop hitting yourself, whilst making you hate yourself. Did that ever happen in real life? And has anyone actually had that happen to themselves? I don't know where this question has come about, but it's just suddenly popped into my head, and it's just making me wonder. Oh, no, it's a random question, but... Now I'm kind of intrigued to see if it's an actual thing. But um, anyway, to get back on, on topic here, um, I think the thing for this chapter... So there are two things I'll be focusing on with this chapter, and then there's the mythology element and the writing decisions. Um, 
mythology okay so i said i was going to talk about mythology in this chapter well in this episode and i've just realized there isn't too much mythology wise that i can talk about particularly so i didn't think that through um but in this chapter alone in terms of mythology itself we do get quite a few references to mythology here and like some of the classic tales like with um the fact that crusty and yes i'm gonna say crusty because i can't pronounce his actual name this is pinnacle or whatever the hell it was called that chiron and dionysus were playing i couldn't say that properly thankfully um a friend of mine uh explained to me how it's pronounced um so (laughs) thank you um although i had oh my god actually no i'm going to shout out my other friend here so my friend alex who is one of the only friends except uh, a new one recently actually um uh, another alex oh my god i've got so many alexes as friends um but alex that i've known from college was the only person originally who i knew read the percy jackson books um and she's been listening to my podcast um and she messaged me um the other night at like i think it was maybe been just after midnight saying pinocchio what i don't i don't remember pinocchio being in this story maybe it's been too long since i've read them i was really confused i was like what the hell is she talking about with pinocchio and then i messaged her saying i don't know what what (laughs) and then she said you know in the the episode i don't know what i was talking about because i don't remember sending this message but you know what i mean and then i realized oh the thing i couldn't pronounce (laughs) pinocchio question mark in my voice um again why am i so off topic today oh whatever um it's a lot of p's i find though lots of words that begin with p i really struggle to pronounce but yeah so i'm calling him crusty because i can't pronounce his actual name but um all the references to mythology that we do get in this chapter are all things that we've actually had in the uh the greek heroes book um which was the second episode of this podcast um and they the references are to heracles orpheus and theseus only one of those names that i actually liked orpheus was pretty cool an idiot but pretty cool um so heracles and orpheus are referenced in relation to the fact that they both were able to get in and out of the underworld you know pretty easily well i say easily it was difficult but they could do it um orpheus because like his music and then heracles because of his strength um theseus is in reference to crusty because theseus is the one who i believe kills crusty um but crusty in the mythology from what i looked up because i was trying to remember which story um and here he was involved with um his like den or cave or whatever was in between athens and some where else that i can't remember but i still have the thing on here uh between athens and oh god that's a word um elius 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 i'm saying the exact same word in the exact same way um but it does hold on there's a few different things so he is killed by oh no he's captured oh he's captured by theseus 
Oh, who fitted pro Oh, what was I going to say? Crusty. <laughs> Shall I try and say it? pro crusties? Pro Is that right? Pro crusties? I'm just going to say crusty. I don't know why I'm trying. Um yeah, so okay, actually, so I didn't I didn't read the whole thing clearly. So it's identical really to what actually happens in this chapter. Percy tricks Krusty into going into his own bed and traps him there. The only difference is that <laughs> Percy kills him. Um and as far as I'm aware, I don't th Oh wait, no, hold on. <laughs> he does kill Oh my god, I need to read better. Says the dyslexic and dyspraxic. Oh my god. Okay. So okay, no. It's the exact same thing. Oh. So Percy's just done the exact same thing as Theseus. Thirstius. Oh my god. Theseus. What is it with me and words today? Just accidentally. Oh dear. Um yeah, so, okay, so it's Theseus's story. Theseus, by the way, if anyone remembers the Greek heroes episode, I hated, I hated him a lot. Heracles coming close second, and Jason third, which is ironic considering those are the most popular uh, heroes, more often than not, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. They suck, so let's move on. But, um, this is just no so this is just a scene that's been like a prom prominent point throughout this bit is that quests are often constantly being redone and rehashed out and this is just kind of another example which is interesting because again it is like i said it's another example of the fact that demigods just continue to repeat questing history in a sense like Luke's task was one that had already been done before going to steal a, I think it was an immortal apple or something like that which led to his injury but that had been done many times in the past as well so it's just constantly repeating it, it, you're not doing anything new which is frustrating um, and kind of just going off that so actually just realising that now and kind of coming up with that connection my next point that I had is sort of slightly contradictory now in that I can see the point of having a quest like this for Krusty but in terms of writing decisions and this is just moving on to the writing decisions themselves for me I did feel like the Krusty section of this chapter so the first half of this chapter is all about Percy going to was it Santa Monica? There are too many beaches in this area. I don't know if that's correct. I think it's Santa Monica. Um, and I could look at the book because it's right next to me, but I don't want to. Um, uh, it's Percy going to the beach, collecting pearls. That should be um, a way to kind of help him get out of a situation or something. Um, and then the final portion of the chapter is all about being trapped by Krusty. And it just... It just kind of feels like an unnecessary element of the chapter in that it's it's just kind of a, a random Greek reference and a Greek hero battle, an identical Greek hero battle that doesn't really add anything to the story other than them seeing the address or something. I can't even remember what it was. It just, it just felt so unnecessary. It's kind of like 
considering I've only recently read this chapter, I'm already kind of forgetting it because it's quite a forgetful, forgettable, not forgetful, forgettable element of this chapter. Just because it just it just doesn't add anything. Like even the team working elements. So they, they these guys, the trio, have been so fantastic in their teamwork and their ability to kind of work together and and planning and stuff like that and even Percy who was like a terrible planner and kind of didn't really think had really grown and then this chapter he has a slight regression a little bit in that he just reacts too slow and takes a really long time to actually save his friends which considering he cares about them he would have been rushing to do well not rushing he just wanted to take his time for actually tricking the guy but it just takes him way too long to actually act on actually tricking Krusty which I think is just it just it feels like a pointless element it just it stagnates the story for me considering the bit before with the pearls and the discussion of whether or not it may be Hades and how it it has to be because everything that we've seen it all points to Hades but then the concern that, yeah, it do, it does all point to Hades, but I feel like I'm missing something. Maybe there's, it's just too easy, in a sense. And then we have this, which just doesn't connect to any of that. It just feels like a, it's sort of like um, in TV shows, like uh, Doctor Who, for example. There's always been this thing where you get like the monster of the episode, where there's an episode specifically dedicated to just a, a, a horror element or a, like a horror monster element like um the first weeping angels episode it was a really good episode but all it was was basically just a monster of the episode it wasn't really anything else but that and that's what the crusty section feels like it just feels like a monster for the sake of having a monster and a greek reference like, I don't know, it's just, considering we've also had, before that chapter, we've had two fights, a mini quest, a bunch of monsters, with, like, Ares Love Ride, the Lotus Casino, them travelling to Los Angeles and releasing the animals, why do we need another one in literally the next chapter? And for me, the answer is that we just don't, really, at all. Um, I know in terms of, like, writing decisions, things like that are they're meant to be very related for kids because of course this this book is for kids and I think oh god I'm gonna feel so bad that I don't remember her name now uh hold on uh it's a youtuber Murphy something it's the last name that I'm um I don't know if I'm gonna pronounce this right Murphy Napier or Napier um on YouTube she's a she's a booktuber I absolutely I love her her books uh her books her videos and uh, she's actually just started reading Percy Jackson just finished The Lightning Thief actually um and she made the same point that there is lots of like these action and sort of monster fight elements because that's something kids will enjoy but for me still like the fact that there are just so many all at once and kind of almost one after another like kids don't really need all of that because they're going to be just as invested in our characters getting to the underworld than this section because even entertainment value wise the crusty section just kind of just isn't fun but going to the more positive side of the writing decisions um 
I do really like the hints that, that there's something not right about this quest, but everyone is they're, they're, everyone is like suspicious, but adamant that it, it has to be a Hades because why wouldn't it be Hades? Hades is the best option for this to be. Let's not think that it could be because it's just it just it can't be anyone else and it's just it's very much the sort of stubborn nature that lots of people do when you you feel that there's something not right but you don't want it to be because it just makes everything that you're doing feel like it's for naught and I like that because it's a very realistic portrayal of firstly what kids are like if kids don't like the way in which something is going they will act like it's not and focus on what they want to happen but then there's also the same thing that like I do that and while I may be a a kid in mind really I'm like obviously I'm an adult (laughs) but everyone is like that everyone has a theme of you feel something going wrong you don't want it to so you kind of pretend it's not and focus on something else instead like the better outcome better being you know in quotation marks in this situation considering there is still the possibility of war coming about here um but there is a big thing that i actually really loved about this chapter and that is in relation to the hades discussion and it's it's something that has appeared quite a lot throughout the books themselves the the books themselves as a whole but also in this book in particular considering we've been introduced to percy and his dyslexia and such and that is an actual dyslexia description and just kind of just how fantastic it is as a whole because it makes dyslexia feel authentic and and validating in terms of the experience in this book itself um i don't have the exact phrasing because i kind of just wanted to focus on what it meant more than anything um and so personally describes that the whole Hades situation is like he's he's staring at a word that he should know but he doesn't really understand or see the whole picture of it and figure out what it means and for me as someone who obviously has dyslexia but also has all these things where with my dyspraxia tied in with that I can misinterpret it It, my god that's an example and a half there (laughs) I can misinterpret things so easily because I'm either not understanding the word the person has used and I'm taking my own interpretation of that word because I can't recognize it or I just don't understand it whatsoever so I get frustrated and interpret it completely differently because of my interpretation and Considering recently, I mentioned last week that um, I am being published uh, with a short story of mine and I have my mum read through it. So I read it aloud and she reads along on the screen as I'm reading so I can hear if there's something that doesn't sound right and she can also hear and see it. And it's like, it's just a really good technique for me. But the (laughs) one word that like messed us both up so much was the word (laughs) subtlety or subtly as because for me it is the worst word in the world i love the meaning behind the words subtle i can't even say it now because there are two different ways to say it but to spell it make sure you're using it in the right context and all that sort of stuff is just horrific and i hate it so much 
but things like that and just kind of again the whole hinting of something not being wrong and just kind of playing it that way and then having the dyslexia element working alongside that I think was just a fantastic writing decision as a whole and as someone who is dyslexic dyspraxic I really do love getting like those validating experiences within this of those descriptions and I've talked for too long about a chapter that I didn't originally actually have that much to talk about mainly because I rambled on a lot more than (laughs) I meant to so we will move on to the next chapter which is my favorite of the two and that is chapter 18 Annabeth does obedience school it is that is the name of the chapter isn't it I don't know why I'm questioning myself now but I feel like I've got it wrong hold on no it no it is right I don't know what I don't know what it is again it's like what I said before every time I read it I'm like I just don't know what it is it just doesn't feel right wording wise I think it's the does the does is kind of tripping me up the word does is a stupid word um but yeah sorry chapter 18 the overview before I rumble on any further it is nearly midnight it is past your bedtime kids friendship equals no negativity okay maybe maybe a little Charon be- did I say that right Charon beats Percy for sass and you know what yes that's how I'm gonna say it so just leave me alone best wording of the entire book are you dyslexic no I'm dead and just me river sticks pollution ad also pursue your dreams kids interesting ideas on religious perception cerberus is the best boy annabeth is the sweetest girl percy's okay at plans but they could do with some work everyone loves and misses the puppy and oh god they've 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 been noticed danger incoming danger incoming and that is the overview for chapter 18 uh, as you can tell there was a lot more in this chapter as a whole and I think I think just in general I think this was a uh, I think this was a really good chapter and considering the ones that I've read recently like last week I didn't have the biggest problem with chapter 15 and 16 but I wasn't the biggest fan of them because they just felt a little bit eh but this one kind of brought back the the interest of the story because there is more things coming and you kind of get this sense of we are coming to a conclusion we're going to find out if what we have figured from the beginning is actually true and uh, it just feels like we're coming closer to that conclusion and it's it's exciting but then also we just get so many interesting things in this chapter so for this one I'll be focusing again on writing decisions but then also the character building because it's a really good character I know he said episode character chapter as well so for the writing decisions now oh god I kicked a lamp um <laughs> um the, this idea so this is the thing that popped up in it and I've done actually a video on this on my youtube channel and I'm going to link it in um in the episode notes that's what they're called oh my goodness um so technically the episode is actually relating to magnus chase but there's 
discussions for Kane Chronicles and Percy Jackson as well. Now, in the chapter, we get this um, discussion between Percy and Grover about this, I think, was it a pastor? I think it was a pastor. Basically, this guy who isn't doesn't believe in Greek gods, believes in a different religion, who is in in the underworld, it's going to the field of punishment because he was a religious leader who supposedly was raising money for orphans, but then used all the money to like buy a mansion, buy a Lamborghini, and all these sort of things. So he's like got a special place in hell, literally. Um, and there's this discussion between Percy and Grover about, but it kind of like I don't even know how to describe it. Um, this guy has a specific religion that he believes in. And Grover basically says he's perceiving this place as what his idea of this place would be. So he is, in a sense, like, I can't remember what religion he is. I don't think they actually say it, actually. But say he's Catholic, for example. He's going to be seeing hell. So he would be perceiving everything that's going on to him and around him in the underworld as hell. Um, And I I just think it's just a really interesting idea that this idea that anyone who is of a different religious faith would see the underworld in relation to that religious faith. So anyone who is Catholic, Christian, etc., who end up in the underworld but were good and go to the fields of the blessed will believe that they are going to heaven and stuff like that. So I just think it's just a really interesting idea. And yeah, I do talk about this in relation to the Magnus Chase um series and i will link that video for anyone who's in who is interested um there's just so many really interesting writing decisions in this book some i think i definitely went a little bit deeper (laughs) into them than they were probably intended but that's what i do the other one that i noticed that i thought was a really interesting thing mainly from the perspective of a bricks i don't know what it was like in the us in relation to what i'm just going to talk about and for me, it was the whole making Cerberus an actual dog-like figure, creature in his actions, etc. But also making him a Rottweiler and being aggressive originally before showing that he's actually a big, soft boy reflects, in a sense, real life. Like, I don't know if they still are, but I remember Rottweilers here in the UK being a banned breed of dogs because they were being bred for you know dog fighting stuff like that because people are the worst so they were portrayed by like the media and such as being aggressive creatures when really it was it was it's the whole thing it's like the dog and same with like children as well they are what you teach and what you give them if you treat them badly they're gonna you know grow up with this experience and it's going to affect them negatively if a dog is treated poorly and made to be aggressive they're going to be aggressive which is then going to change people's perspectives of that breed of animal so i think what's just really interesting is that rick is showing this rottweiler originally being aggressive because he's been bred that way he is a guard dog for the underworld but the moment he is shown affection and love he becomes like the biggest sweetheart like he's all about you know being sweet like um woofing lightly having fun with the red ball getting upset and sad when annabeth etc have to leave 
and like I said, Annabeth, etc. Annabeth and the boys leave because he like he he wants to play. Like he he he's gotten love and attention, and he enjoyed it, and now it's gone, and and, and it's sad. I just think it just really hits home this idea of perception again. I think this whole chapter is all about perception, really, because there are just so many things about it. There's the religious perception. There's the perception of a of aggressive but not actually aggressive animals and there's various different things as well like um okay I had another example of a really good decision when I was talking about the Cerberus thing but I can't actually remember it now I should have written it down whilst I was talking but I didn't and that was a mistake because I think it was a really good idea as well but it's gone now maybe it'll come back later I I kind of doubt it a little bit because my mind just does not work that way so what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna end it with the whole rot wine oh no I remember it now oh my god I'm so glad it came back okay the other writing decision that I really loved was this whole river sticks thing so it kind of has the sort of subtle-ish environmentalism thing of the fact that the river Styx is just over polluted now now this was something i didn't know until i read these books just because i didn't know that much about the river Styx in general the river Styx is filled with like broken promises broken dreams lost hopes lost dreams etc etc hence my whole you know pursue your dreams kids and i think what's really interesting is that it's definitely something that these new generations like so my generation probably my audience's generation we're all at this point in our lives but basically we don't really have the opportunity to pursue our dreams normally we have so many but the way in which life is drilled into us is you go to school you get a degree you get a job you get a family you die that like that's it there's no other thing that's how life is there's no like it's all about work 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 life 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 family 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 but there's not really anything about you getting to explore like your individualism or these hopes that you have like i've thankfully been able to have this opportunity at the moment to be able to get things written and published or at least going to be published there are so many others who just don't have that opportunity because life just doesn't give them that opportunity because of how everything is drilled into us. Thankfully for me, like my my mum has always been really open about, you know, funneling my cre- creativity and helping me be creative by giving me the time to be able to do it and kind of pushing me a little bit to do it. And like I've been doing the same, like my friend Taylor, who is the theme musician for for the podcast i've been helping as best i can for him to be able to be more creative as well so it's all about we've got to kind of work together to get our dreams and these hopes and pursue them as best we can but seeing the river sticks and the fact that charon basically brings up the fact that it's it's become a wasteland of all these different things I think whether it was intentional or not I think was Rick's way of showing that this is the way life has become it's all about pencil pushing get what the world is telling you to, to have and that's what that's how you are perceived as a successful person you have the job you have the family you have the house that like that's all you need because that's that means you, you've done life but there's no other things 
for it so all these dreams are lost i think him discussing that it's it's a waste is his way of saying you know pursue your dreams like don't let them be forgotten because life is telling you to focus on other things yes those things are important because they will help you achieve that dream but don't forget about your dreams and your hopes and I think that's just a I think it's just a really nice message whether it's intentional or not and Rick is really good at these subtle and not so subtle messages so I feel like that's possibly what he was getting at um and yeah I don't know I just that's kind of what I got from it so in just a general aside what do you think of those things do you think that's a subtle thing that Rick was trying to get across be sure to email us at thebestdamncamp at hotmail.com. But to move on to character building, which you guys know, I love my character-centric stories and elements because that's what I'm here for. But the character building in this chapter, I think was just, it was just so great. So not only do we have the team building of character, but also individual character building was just amazing not only do you have grover's sass which i love annabeth's doubt but assurances and percy just uh, oh i don't know where it just all became s's his name then and percy's general attitude of positivity ahead of probably doom just kind of shows how different they are and how they've changed now they've all come so far from the start of their journey in this book they now work well as a team they've changed as characters and i just love it like percy started off a bit confused reckless and angry with only one goal which was to find his mum and save her but now not only does he obviously still want to save his mum but he also wants to stop a war and help save his camp and his friends too which is just so different because it just shows that he's developed these friendships and relationships and cares so much more about them that he's willing to do all these things also for them. And then Annabeth, all she only ever wanted was a quest and to prove herself. She only had ambition. Now she has close friendships and people to fight for. And I love it. Then we have Grover, and Grover, I think, is the one that a lot of people kind of forget in terms of his own character growth. Like, in comparison to the other characters, I always felt that Grover had more character growth than anyone else. Because in this book, he believed he was a completely useless satyr. But now he has grown, and he's more confident in his role, and has two friends he cares for as well. Like, not only has he become sassy, not only is he supportive but also you know kind of questioning things here and there because you know some of the things they do are pretty stupid so it's justifiable that he questions it but he's just he does so many things that he wouldn't have done at the start like he was for lack of a better term a bit of a wimp at the start and overtly emotional in the fact that he just he just he felt like a failure and it's good to let those emotions out but all of that was the fact that he just didn't have any confidence in himself and he's grown in confidence and I just I love it so much and just the three as a whole like they're emotionally different they're more open with each other and with their feelings to each other but also to us the readers like at this point we're we've become so emotionally attached to these characters because of this growth and this development 
and just I think it's just you can see, even though it's subtle in this chapter you can really see it and I just I really really love that and just kind of to round this off with just my final thoughts while the crusty element I can get why it was there because the whole thing is that everyone is constantly repeating the past it just still felt unnecessary and slightly reverses Percy's progress a little bit but other than that the chapters themselves are great openers to us questioning where the story is going to go and what the climax will be like I'm just in general so heavily invested in this friendship that I feel like I'm a part of of this group and it's just a great way to write and build characters and <laughs> just the moment your audience feels like they're part of the story you've done a good job and just in general I'm excited to see where this drama is going to take us because no doubt there will be drama it's the Greek gods how could there not be drama just saying now of course to finish off today's episode well not finish off because this is the thing before we, we finish it off we have the song of the story now this song technically actually didn't come up whilst i was playing but another song of this group's of this group did but i feel this song kind of matches a little bit more with the fact that they're built they're growing as a team like the whole team element that i've been discussing i think really fits in with this and this is the song congratulations by day six now we'll admit this is a k-pop song but there is an english version so what i'm going to do is in the episode notes i will link the english version of this song um just because well firstly there's a few differences with the english song of course in terms of translation um but also so it can be a little bit more accessible to most people um and just as a whole i think the song really works and i think the moment you hear the lyrics you'll kind of understand what i mean by that but to move on to everyone's favorite part and that is the question of the episode but starting with last week's question which was if there was a qua a quast oh my god if there was a quast oh my god Let's see if we've got any croissants downstairs. Um, <laughs> if there was a quest from mythology that you would send our trio on, which one would it be and why? And we actually got some... I say we, it's me reading them out. We got... Oh, whatever, I'm going to say we. We got some really good responses for this, actually, and some of them are really interesting ones that I probably wouldn't have thought of that much. Um, and also some just generally funny and sweet responses. And I'm going to start with one of those sweet, funny responses, which is from Alana Kelly, 2020. I would send them to the movie theatre and then home for a sleepover because they have had... Because... Oh, my God. Because they have been through enough. And you know what? Fair. No questioning that. It's fair. <laughs> From DJ UFO 21, we have Heracles 12 Labours. And you know what, mate? Firstly, I appreciate the fact that you've gone with Heracles instead of Hercules because, yes, that is the correct way to say it. Good on you. But also, yeah, actually, I'm, I know there is one of the labours that is done later on in the books, but 
The actual 12 labors, and I oh know there's quite a few done, but not all in this. I don't think they all are done. So I'd be intrigued to see them done a little bit more. Um, from floor 600, and you guys know that I love floor 600. So Quinn and Natalie loved you both, and they say, I immediately started going through the Hurricane Jason quest, but realized they have basically already been on all of them. Can the trio's quest be following the classic quest in rescuing all the innocent bystanders? And you know what? Actually, yeah, that's a good idea. That's a very Avengers-related thing. It's like the question of, they destroyed New York. But how, how, do, how do we fix that? <laughs> like, how many innocent people died? What do we do? And that is the question here. <laughs> What happened to these innocent bystanders? And yes, can we please go save them? Because that's not fair to them whatsoever. And you know what? Maybe we should also send the trio to go f fix New York as well. Because firstly, Percy's going to be peeved that the Avengers destroyed his city. And secondly, they could have done a way better job than the Avengers. But don't say that to the Marvel fans because I'll probably be killed. Uh, <laughs> and then from Megan Newark. And this is actually one of the most interesting ones possibly that I've heard um, and they say this isn't technically from mythology but I like to see Percy, Annabeth and Grover search for the Holy Grail and I really like that because you know we've got blend of religious elements a uh, blend of mythology and such obviously King Arthur does the whole Holy Grail thing as well we get some Monty Python action in there as well with the Holy Grail element a bit of Indiana Jones too. Yeah, there's so many different ways that could go. I'd love, um, actually, if there's any fan fiction writers out there, write this AU. I'm here for that. And then if you do, send it to me. I'll read it. I'll even review it for the show if you want. <laughs> do it, please, because now I want to do that. Maybe we should review fan fiction at some point in the future. If that's something you guys are interested in, send me some fan fiction you want me to review. Um... And then finally, another heartfelt one from, uh, oh god, dyslexia, uh, mozzarella spams? I hope that was right. The grocery store, please. They've been through enough already. Yeah, no, we'll give them some money and then they can go buy some, like, some cookies and ice cream and stuff like that. Um, although I'll give them a little bit extra so they can buy me some too. Love me some cookies. Custard creams particularly. I've also just realised I've made a bunch of very British references, including Benson's... <laughs> Benson's beds. What did I say? Benson, Yeah, Benson's for beds. And also just now custard creams. Do they, does any other country have custard creams? This is, this is a very serious question for me. If any other country has custard creams, and to explain what custard creams are, because <laughs> I'm that person, they're basically... They're a, a biscuit, I don't know, I don't know, just Google it, Google it, I don't know how to describe perfection, um, but yeah, but if anyone else has custard creams, let me know, because I'm going to visit so I can see what that, they, they taste like in comparison. I know at least California, when I was there, didn't have custard creams, which was devastating, because I was there for a whole week and I didn't get to have custard creams. Um, I, completely off topic but yes that was last week's question of 
the episode and there were some really good answers and i love that now this week's question of the episode the thing that you're always waiting for is a little bit different in that it's it's kind of a question but it's more of something that's both going to benefit me and hopefully benefit you guys as well so today's question of the episode is if you could have any percy jackson universe merchandise made what would it be and that is you guys' question. So, I want to thank you all so much for joining me today for chapters 17 and 18. Be sure to come back next Wednesday to continue our Ryorden verse journey. To plug, as always, where you can find our podcast, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, where you can leave a rating and review, Audio Boom, Stitcher, rating and review, and Deezer. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find the best damn camp... I lost my place where all of our information for social media is. <laughs> you can find the Best Damn Camp on various social media at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter and on Tumblr at thebestdamncamp.tumblr.com. If you want to email me with your own thoughts, you can email thebestdamncamp at hotmail.com and I'll read it out at the end of the show. And guys, please, seriously, email whatever you whatever you're interested in whatever you want to talk about anything you think i've missed in relating in relation to things for chapters things that you don't agree with like i can take criticism so to speak um but you know please do email if you have anything you want to say um and if you do want to support me to carry on instead of me begging people to email me um if you want to support me making this content um i have also got my patreon linked down below again of course predominantly it is set up for my youtube channel at the moment but i am hoping to integrate my podcast onto that too when i figure out how to do that but on that note be sure to check me out on youtube at a healthy dose of fran for more percy jackson content and drop me a follow on my own personal instagram etc at a healthy dose of fran on instagram and at a dose of fran on twitter again thank you guys so much for tuning in i truly do appreciate it so much as always i've been fran your very own hunter and i will see slash speak to you guys next time toodle